You're listening to Running Around Charlotte, presented by the Novant Health Charlotte Marathon, the Queen City's premier road race experience. One day, five events with a race day distance for every goal and pace. Find out more or register at runcharlotte.com. Now, here are your hosts for Running Around Charlotte, Tim Rhodes and Jeffrey Cooper. Got dog? When you run, is dog your co-pilot? Many of us wouldn't consider stepping out for a jog without the four-legged best friend we have, even if it's just for a couple of miles while warming up. But is that good for your canine companion, and how much is too much? Our guest today on Running Around Charlotte can answer these questions. Dr. Tom Watson is a former Army combat officer during Desert Storm and now serves Charlotte as a veterinary orthopedic and soft tissue specialist. Imagine that, my dog going in for some soft tissue repair. And owner and founder of Carolina's Veterinary Medical Hospital. To his credit, he doesn't see bears, but he does see lions and tigers and bears. Oh, my. Welcome, Dr. Watson. Hey, thank you. All right. First question. Some of us like to run with our dogs. Is it good for us and our dogs? And how much is too much? It's great for both of you. It is such a bond to have that running companion because... Being a former runner before asthma kind of curbed that running uh, in my days. You know, you plan to meet your running partner five in the morning, six, whatever. Maybe it's a little rainy, it's a little cold, they overslept. Guess who never oversleeps and never stands you up? <laughs> That's right. That dog will always be there for you. Yep. So, one of the, que- the questions you ask, though, is, you know, how much is too much? And if you're a seasoned runner, and most of these people are, they realize they didn't start out running a marathon. You start out going around the block once, then twice, and then maybe a quarter of a mile, half a mile, two, five, ten, twenty, whatever you can do. But your dog needs to do the same thing. It needs to get in shape and build up its stamina just like you do. Yep. Yeah, so I, I usually take my dog We if if she goes with me. Her name is Harley, by the way. I know you're a, a motorcycle aficionado. Um, but we go, and she's a short dog, uh, about 30 pounds. We go four miles, two miles out, two miles back. I tend to avoid the summer days where it's really hot taking her out, and she doesn't like to go out when it's too cold. Um, but, you know, a day like yesterday was 50 degrees. She does great. Oh, they do. It's gorgeous uh, days like this. Uh, the... The thing you hit on is in the summertime. There's a couple of things that sometimes people don't think about, not just the ambient temperature out there, but number one, dogs can't sweat. Yep, That's why uh, they pant so hard. Yeah. They don't have sweat glands. So they dissipate heat by panting, and the dog's desire and drive to be with you, its master, they will run till they die to push themselves, literally, to try to stay with you. So just because they're staying with you, five, six, seven, eight, ten miles in, maybe that's a little much for them at that point. Now, some dogs can run a long way. But like you said, you mentioned your breed. Uh, the you know, If you have a dachshund, they're really not made for running. Their legs are about two <laughs> inches long, you know. So if you want a running buddy, you may want to look at something a little more uh, athletic, yep. so to speak. The other thing I was going to mention, number two, is the temperature of the asphalt. Yep. Mm-hmm. The concrete asphalt, asphalt gets so much hotter, I think, than concrete, if I remember my physics right. Either way, either one of them, if it's in the 90s, that, that asphalt or concrete is going to be over 100. It could be 120, yeah. 30 degrees. So their paws and uh, their pads can get really abraded, really burned. 
Yeah, I've yeah. heard. I don't have a dog like everybody else at the table, but I've heard from some dog people you shouldn't be taking your dog out if you can't put your own hand on the asphalt and leave it there for a little bit. So if you're burning your own hand, clearly your dog is feeling some heat too. Very true. I mean, their their pads have calluses on them, so it makes them tough, but they're not that tough. They're not fireproof. Mm-hmm. So you're right. That's a good rule of thumb. Put your hand down, stand on it barefooted or with your hand and say, okay, if it's too hot for you, too hot for them. And always bring water with you, you mm-hmm. know. Or, yeah, or run by a creek. There you go. Or a lake. <laughs> or a toilet. That's <laughs> where sometimes the greenways we have around town, yeah. especially if they're not paved, you yeah. know, if they're a little more gravel or dirt, they yeah. often run along a creek. So you, not only do you have some shade for trees, you often have the dirt and you have the creek right there. Yeah, and we usually go on the uh, Clark's Creek Greenway. I live up that way. So it's usually a little bit more shaded. Um, but if it's, if it's I, you know, I, I don't know. Temperature, you're right, is important. And I, I, um, we either go out early in the morning if it's if it's warmer out, or if it's just a day like today where it gets up to fifty. Sometimes she'll go with me. The tough ones are when I want to go eight, and she knows I'm going, and she's looking at me like, "When are we gonna go? Where are we gonna go? Let's go." And I'm thinking, "You're just not built for eight miles." I don't. Right. I, I'm maybe she is, but I'm just. I'm hesitant to go eight miles with a smaller dog like that. Right. And uh, could she work her way up to it? Yes. But, you know, you're running with her four now. You know, you may want to get that five, then six and and see how she does. And then the other thing is, how are they the next day and the next? Are they really sore? Are they more lethargic? Are they a little more tired? That's a good indication that maybe we overdid it. I know I had a Dalmatian cross. He was a a dog I actually found on a run one time down out, out in the country on a gravel road. And... He, we did like 15 miles with him. I think that was the longest and it was nice weather, but we also kind of got lost. You know, sometimes when you're just running around town, not paying attention, you look <laughs> yep, up and yep. go, where am I? Wait a minute. Oh, yeah. I missed a turn somewhere. Sorry, buddy. It's, it's going to be a little ways to get back home. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. And, and, um, I, funny thing we, we do out and back and, and she knows exactly where that two mile mark is. Because she'll start looking up at me and she'll slow down a little bit. She's like, ready to turn around, ready to turn around. And so when we, before we get to two, she's usually a half a step, step behind me. When we turn around, she's pulling me. (laughs) She's like, I'm ready to go home. And that's a good point I hadn't really thought about is uh, paying attention to your dog. If they're lagging a little bit, there may be something wrong. Yeah. Um, Funny story that would happen to us with the dog I was talking about, Spot. Uh, He was lagging, just not doing well that day, not running well. He ended up stopping, and he threw up a stomach full of uh, latex gloves he had oh. eaten at the hospital. We didn't realize oh, he had gotten boy. into a box in the storage bin and all those uh, <laughs> exam gloves. He ate 100 of them. <laughs> Hopefully they were new. They were brand new. <laughs> not, Thank goodness. Not yes, not used. They were brand new. But uh, <laughs> he felt much better after that, and he ran much better on the way home. Yeah, but... <laughs> One of the things we talked about early on in the intro is soft tissue specialist. Like, tell me about that. Well, soft tissue is anything, not bone. So it could be whether you're doing, you know, sometimes it's orthopedics and soft tissue, ACL surgeries. So I go in and uh, I'll do ACL surgeries and I'm a general practitioner. I'll do both dogs and cats. And it just so happened yesterday when Melissa contacted me, I was actually out working on lions and tigers and I was doing... Doing some uh, vaccines as well as we were trying to sedate one for give her a nail trim. But uh, 
you know, a torn ACL, you're going to go in and put a new ligament in. There's different techniques. It just so happens the one I do is uh, we're getting ready to have the college football championship. Last year, Tua, the Alabama quarterback, had the high ankle sprain. And the exact procedure they did on him, which was an Arthrex tightrope, is what I do for ACLs. Uh So you're putting an artificial ligament in there. Soft tissue could be anything from intestinal surgery to a ruptured spleen. You have to go in and maybe do a splenectomy, remove that, to, you know, anything, a lot of tumors, things like that, whether it's in the skin or in the abdomen. But anything that's not bone is your soft tissue. I, I when, Anytime I hear soft tissue, I think I'm going to the chiropractic physician and I'm going to get some grass and, and I'm going to get some dry needles and I'm going to get, uh, and, and no matter how you cut and slice it, it's painful. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If it doesn't hurt, maybe, you know, you're not doing it, you're right. Not doing it right. There you go. <laughs> That's right. So, um, how do we know when, uh, when we, when we're pushing our, our, dogs too far you talked about body language are there other signs that you know we should be in tune with you know it's just like with us they'll always say you know have a doctor check you out before you start an exercise program and especially with our dogs i mean i can tell if i feel right or don't maybe i do need a physical before i start working out again or something with a dog they can't tell you so you know, the vet can look at their gum color, listen to their heart, feel the strength of their pulses, and do some lab work and make sure liver function, kidney function, all those things internally are working like they're supposed to. That's good. How did you first start taking your dog on those longer runs? Because any of my friends who have dogs, it's really like the dog just gets all of that energy out in the first mile, and then we're kind of just looking at the dog like, are you okay? Are you yeah. good? <laughs> We Here's something I, at first. Yeah, that leads me to another good point I always want to bring up whenever you're uh, dealing with your dog, uh, especially with, when running, uh, having a dog that's well-trained that has been trained to walk in heel. And that's with the dog's shoulder to your left side, and their shoulder should be even with your knee. And once you've done it a hundred times, a thousand times, and they've been drilled to where they're really, really good at that, then you can take them off leash. And you may have a little light, like if you go to the vet, those little braided lightweight leashes, that's what I would run with Mm -hmm. my dog. And whenever I got out, I could slip that off of his neck and he's going to stay right there. Now we could meet the little chihuahua or whatever that you're meeting that's just raising cane, trying to, you know, he just wants to attack your dog and your well-trained dog stays right there to your left side, no matter what's going on. So it's really nice to have that dog that's disciplined and been trained to run like that and if you you know you can talk to trainers um there's a lot of good ones out there and one thing i always uh, do you want a dog that does tricks that's kind of the ones they do it for cookies and peanut butter treats and all that or do you want a well-trained dog that does it because they've been given a command to do it and the reward is your praise your petting your they want to please you so Having a dog that's trained, it sure is nice to run with one. They're not pulling on the leash. They're not dragging behind. They're not wandering off everything they see. And it's safer for you and them. They're less likely to trip you, and they're less likely to get out in traffic and get injured. But to your question, uh, it's you know, you start out maybe walking with them and see how they do. Then you try trotting and jogging a little bit. And, you know, are they doing okay with that? Are they trying to lag? Are they pulling on the leash, choking themselves? You know, Mm -hmm. are they running after every squirrel they see? Then you may want to look into that training. 
But just like running yourself, you know, you start out with small distances and work your way up. And if you realize the dog is struggling a little bit, lagging behind, then maybe you're pushing it too far and we need to go back a step. But they can go a long, long way if they've been conditioned mean, and, and My trained. dog's not the only one that chases squirrels. <laughs> <laughs> you should see my dog jump off the front porch because we got oak trees in our front yard with acorns galore. And there's probably 10 trees between our front yard and our side yard. And she... She will run out the front door, leap off the porch. It's about four steps to the bottom, doesn't matter. And she charges for the tree, and she goes from tree to tree, figuring out what tree that squirrel went up. And it's just, it's funny, and she just, she's got her pattern of where she runs. What I can't figure out, though, Tom, is how did dog, who trained dogs to know that the mail truck was something to bark at? That must be in the DNA. It's got to be in their genetics. I they cannot been... figure out how to get my dog to stop barking at the Amazon. And now it's how many delivery trucks are in our neighborhood. It used to just be the mail truck. But now with online shopping, I mean, it's the mail truck and the UPS truck and the Amazon van and the FedEx. And they oh. all, And I live on a dead-end street. Combining different things we've talked about, I have a patient, a dog that... The UPS truck, uh, uh, yeah, UPS, you can see it was, was out in front of the house. The dog goes through a second-story window and jumps off the roof going oh. after it and then dislocated a hip or broke oh. the hip. So it, it leads to an orthopedic surgery where you had to do a hip surgery. It's good. So FedEx trucks are good for business. <laughs> and squirrels, too, because those dogs that are chasing squirrels, leaping like Superman off the yep. uh, porch, they'll yep. suddenly come back holding one leg up. And if it's a back leg, that's... That's probably going to be a surgery. So, yeah, squirrels oh have brought me some business, I'm afraid <laughs> to say. <laughs> That's good, yeah. So, um, and that drew a blank there. You can scratch <laughs> that out. Um, how much water do our do our dogs need just in general? Like our, our we have a smaller dish. We fill it up when we feed the dog once in the morning, once in the afternoon. It, even in the warmer seasons, never really empties out is there a you know how much an ounce per pound or something ratio that we should be keeping an eye on yes and it's going to vary depending on some of the breeds and how active they are but somewhere around and i wish i had thought of this in terms of ounces but i can tell you in milliliters um and 15 milliliters is a tablespoon mm -hmm. so a dog will drink about 20 milliliters per pound per day okay so about a teaspoon and a half Per pound per day. -ish. Or a tablespoon. Tablespoon. Yeah, sorry. A tablespoon and a teaspoon. There you go. Tablespoon, or a tablespoon and, and a, teaspoon. and a half. Mm -hmm. four, te four teaspoons. Yeah. Per per pound per day. Correct. Very good. So How many teaspoons in a cup? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> good question. We didn't tell them there'd be math. I know. <laughs> I was told there would be no math. <laughs> That's why I have Google. Right. <laughs> So if we're on those longer runs with a dog, like we know we have to eat every four miles or so just to keep up the pace and keep up like the glucose and everything in our own bodies for those really long runs. If you're taking your dog on like half marathon for the dogs that are strong enough for a half marathon, do you feed them during it? Are they okay during it? What do you do? Yeah, I would typically, and I don't want to feed them too much, just like us, we don't eat too much while we're running and get sick. Uh, but yeah, giving them a little dog treat of some sort, something that's, uh, you know, 
I, I can't think of any brands off the top of my head, but something along that line. And there's there's uh, any of your sports stores or maybe your outdoor stores would have something for um, that have dog sections would have something there that's a, a high calorie, small quantity little treat for them. And would you suggest um, just for the people who sometimes feed their dogs human ish food? Like, would you suggest getting something dog branded or something natural that? a human might eat and just give it to your dog. You just opened that box, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> yep. The table food. The table oh, food. yeah. I uh, I really, I mean, I can tell you what I do for my dogs. Yeah. All they get is dry dog food. Mm-hmm. The only little treat is popcorn because I like to thump it and watch them catch it in the air, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, But many times we create our own problems. You wouldn't believe how many times a client says, oh, my dog won't eat their dog food anymore. I can't, you know, I switch foods. I've already been through three different brands this last month and they just won't eat it. And then you find out, oh yeah, they've been given table scraps. And I'm like, if you've ever had a steak from Del Frisco's, you know, bologna's not that good anymore, you know? And <laughs> <laughs> once they've had the real food, they just don't, they look at that dry, crunchy stuff and go, yeah, no, I don't think so. Well, I tell you what, they get hungry enough, they'll go back to that bowl of dry dog food, right? You be- Yes, you better believe it, they will. So yeah. that's something I always tell them. Just, just, Tough love, hold out a little bit. So, I, a, interesting story. A friend of mine came to visit about a year ago, and I've been to his house to eat. And his dog's obnoxious. Like when you're eating, his dog is kind of looking at you, trying to, you know, trying to come up and sniff your hand, and it's just annoying. And I, I'm not a fan of dogs that beg. Uh, you know, my time to eat, my time to eat. You can anyway. Yep. So he he was over at our house, and our dog's laying on the couch, and we're at the dinner table, and he says. How come your dog's laying over there? I said, because I taught him to. I said, he doesn't come over here to clean up until we're done eating. And then he'll come over and and, and she, she actually, she will watch and she will listen and she knows what's on the floor and, and how it got there. And she knows which one of our kids are the messier eaters too. Very true. Yes. <laughs> that's where she goes first. And the same thing with mine. I actually have a, uh, I have two now. One's 11-month-old solid black German Shepherd. Mom was wow. imported from Germany. She's, you know, really high-end dog. Dad was a, uh, he had a bunch of initials behind his name in his attack, you know, Schutzen level three, does tracking and protection wow. work and all that. So she's, you know, she's a pretty high-energy dog and uh, it's got that stubborn streak in her. But yeah, she never begs because she hasn't been taught that, oh, if I'm sitting there with the TV tray, there's going to be some good stuff on that tray. You know, she goes in there and lays down. She doesn't think anything yeah. about it. So, yeah, it's best to never start them with table scraps, people food, and just they'll eat their dog food and feed them. And, you know, I, I never say just fill the bowl and when it's empty, fill it back up because that's like an all-you-can-eat buffet mm-hmm. yeah. with no mirrors. You know, if I didn't yeah. have any mirrors to look into and I could eat, you know, Chinese buffet every day, I'm there and – uh then all of a sudden you do get a beer and you go, uh-oh, <laughs> yep. wow. So <laughs> Where's Tom? There we go. He's <laughs> somewhere in there. It looks like Santa Claus. But, uh, yeah, you know, put a certain amount of food in. And the bags, they have a – it's a good guide on the bag, typically, that tells you how much to feed your dog. But it's just a guideline. Um, you know, we all sitting around this table can't eat the same food, the same amount every day. And some may gain weight, some may lose, and some will stay the same. So – you just have to look at your dog and figure out, okay, am I giving them enough or am I giving them too much? Mm-hmm. Is there any specific dog food you would recommend for people who take their dogs on those like harder workouts or harder runs or 
is there like a special version of dog food that's better for that? Like, Oh, Roy. Yeah, there we go. I was just like, how much time do we have, guys? I'm like, we're going to be here a while. Um, dog food is a, man, there are so many brands out there and so many buzzwords that like all natural, you know, and I always tell people, don't let that fool you. I mean, snake venom is all natural. It doesn't mean it's good for you. Uh, you know, so, you know, it's all vegetable or vegetarian diet. Well, dogs aren't vegetarians, you know, look at their teeth. They're made for eating meat. So I, uh, I can tell you the ones I like, and I've been to all their, their plants. I've been to their, I've met the doctors that do the research and development, the nutritionist. So that's going to be your Royal Canaan, Hill Science Diet and Purina. And I always tell people a lot of times Purina is kind of like, I want to think of Toyota, uh, because most people think, oh, Purina, they've got some of the lower-end foods. They do, but they also have the really high-end prescription diets as well. So you think of Toyota, they make Lexus, and they make an entry-level car. So a lot of the foods are the same way. Um, but, you know, a a dog that's going to be doing a lot more running and burning more calories, they will need a more high-energy food. So, yes, uh, you want to you do want to go that route. But going back to my own dog I was talking about, if he ran 15 miles one day, he's going to get a little more food in the bowl. If he doesn't run the next day and he gets a day off, he doesn't need the same number of calories. He's not burning that many calories that day. So you really, you can tweak it. You know, as talking about surgeries earlier, uh, dogs that have had ACL surgery, it's a six-month recovery. In the first two months, you're going to really shut them down. Well, people continue to feed them the same amount of food. And they'll say, well, they're gaining weight because they're not exercising, you know, because of surgery. I'm like, well, feed them less. Mm -hmm. So... A lot of things that we think are common sense may not be common knowledge, so to mm -hmm. speak, you know. So, yeah, I think some of that comes from us wanting to to make sure our dogs are well taken care of, and that yep. equates to making sure they have a full bowl of food. Um, and us and and we as Americans are sure to make sure we have a full plate of food, right? Which is why so many of uh, Americans are overweight and just not in a very healthy state. But the other thing too is. You know, like the dog wants our approval, we want the dog's approval. We want the dog to like us, to come to us, to to let us pet it. Most of that comes natural anyway. Dogs want to please. They do. And uh, so many times we say, I love you with food. Yep. I love you, dog, so here's another cookie. Yeah. Here's another cookie. That dog and mine, I was just telling you about, uh, her name's Cairo. And mm -hmm. Cairo's named after the SEAL Team 6 dog that was there when bin Laden got taken out. So in go. honor of in honor of Cairo, uh, but you know she loves to please. She's been going through training and she's got her basic obedience down, and we'll start doing some more things with her. But uh, she's eleven months old this week, and she loves to please. She yeah. doesn't do it because there's a cookie at the end of that command. It's because I want to please Dad, and he's going to pet me and love me and tell me how good a dog I am. So if we remember that. Uh, whether we're training them to walk in hill or trying to get them to run with us, you know, or just being an overall good dog, you know, food is for nutrition, not for reward. Yeah. So um, anything else that we would want to know as runners slash dog owners when we take our dogs out, when we exercise them, anything we haven't co covered? Not really. I just think, you know, it's uh, if you are a runner and a dog lover, dog owner, boy, that's two great things right there. And you mm -hmm. combine the two, you get to run with your, you know, man's best friend, so to speak. Yeah. And, um, you know, woman's best friend, being you know, on the runner. But, yeah, having that dog right there with you. 
And speaking of women and runners, sometimes in, in especially greenways, that's pretty good protection. That yeah. dog is a deterrent for someone that may be, you know, looking to take advantage of someone they're running by themselves. Yeah. Awesome. How can we get in touch with you? Uh, you can reach me at Carolina's Veterinary Medical Hospital. If you're looking for a phone number, it's 704-752-7227. Uh, we have a website, Facebook, and uh, so we're located in South Charlotte. And uh, we'd love to, uh, if you have any questions about anything, feel free to call. We'd be glad to, to talk to you. Very good. Dr. Watson, thank you so much. Tom. Yeah, thanks for being here. Yeah. Thank you guys for having me. It's, right. uh, it's been great. Happy running. The Running Around Charlotte podcast is presented by the Novon Health Charlotte Marathon. One day, five events with a race day distance for every goal and pace. Registration for the November 16th Novon Health Charlotte Marathon, Half Marathon, Relay, 5K, and One Mile events is available now at runcharlotte.com. Running Around Charlotte with your hosts, Tim Rhodes and Jeffrey Cooper, is produced in partnership with Well Run Media and Marketing. Listen for new episodes of Running Around Charlotte, released every week.